The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome to First Bite, brought to you by Pride of Detroit PODcast, brought to you by part of, attached to the sub, the subleasing of whatever you want to call this. This podcast is part of Pride of Detroit. I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host. I haven't been very adequate lately because I haven't been here. And you know it's bad when I suddenly get a text from my dad, like, I haven't heard you on this podcast, you do. And I'm like, I know. I had something on my tongue that prevented me from speaking that much. We all know you were taking the Seahawks loss pretty hard. I was taking the Golden so Tate loss pretty hard. Well, that's because you're actually right, not sociopaths like Kyle Yost. <laughs> well, we wanted Kyle Yost on, and you know what? It was great to have Mansoor Shaheen on on the Pride of Detroit POD cast as well. And you should go back and listen to both of them. He joins Ryan Matthews, the rock god, as one of the only two people on the POD cast to have entrance music now. Ryan, that's your cue to talk. I know, I know that you're not into this podcast right now, but <laughs> oh, I didn't. I, was that like my cue to like get upset that the newbie no, for, was able for you to talk? It was just for your cue to talk. Oh well, I was talking, but then you stopped me from talking. <laughs> You're right back to adequate status. Congratulations, Chris. Yeah, we're just being really... Are you being catty today? Yes. <laughs> Ryan, this one's on Spotify, too. You got to get it together. I have it together. I'm always ready. <laughs> well, here's the problem we're running into, and this is a very ominous start to our return. Um, we got canceled on twice by our Vikings guests. Usually, if you listen to the first bite, you know that we have a guest here with us. That chair is empty right now. But we are dedicated to bringing you a podcast, so it's us. None of us are, are Vikings fans. Jeremy even asked me before, listen, Chris, you're not a Lions fan. Can you act like a Vikings fan? And I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. Because you know why? I don't even know what this Vikings team is right now. You guys have accused me of being a Vikings fan in, in the past, so maybe I should just take the lead. You guys just you, fire you questions should. at you, me, and I'll answer them. You, you seem to know the most about this team. Very, very, very curious. Very knowledge is a dangerous thing. You, you, you must be a witch. 
So here's what we're going to do. Oh, this first episode. segment, we are going to talk about the Vikings because we've all been doing our homework, particularly Jeremy, who's a Vikings fan. And on the next segment, we're going to focus more on what the Lions can do against the Vikings. We're going to kind of take a look at more more matchup than anything. I know that we tend to go a little heavy on first bite, and hopefully I will keep Ryan's interest uh, intact here. We are on Spotify. It's going to be a challenge because this copy of Red Dead Redemption is sitting on my shelf right now. Oh, you got it. I have it. But I also have a Jones and to talk about some Lions and Vikings. Let's do it. Ask me questions as the Vikings expert. Okay. Let's go. Well, here, here, here's the overarching question that I have. What the hell is this team? Like, is this team good at all? Because I have a problem here, and this goes across the entire NFC North. And I've said this about I've said this about the Lions quite a bit. And you know what? You'd think now that we're into week nine, I would have put my foot down and said, all right, we need to stop saying we don't know what teams are. We need to say what they are. We are over halfway through the NFL season. We should know what teams are by now. But instead, I don't. I don't know what the entire NFC North is. I know that the Bears defense is very good. But after that, and I know that Aaron Rodgers is very good. After those two statements, I know nothing. And that applies to the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings have wins over, are you ready for it? The 49ers, the Jets, the Eagles, I mean, the Cardinals, and then the Eagles, who they only beat by two points. And that was one of those weird teams. That was when kind of the the Eagles are not the Eagles of yesteryear. They're they're, They're pretty down in their cups right now. They're only like, what, four and four right now? And they kind of needed to trade for Golden Tate to give themselves a kick in the pants. But otherwise, they tied against the Packers, lose to the Bills. We all remember that. But then the other two teams that they played are the Saints and the Rams, who are insanely good. So I, I'm looking at this spreadsheet right here, and I'm thinking to myself, so they've lost against really good teams, and they've beat, media, at best, mediocre teams. So what am I supposed to take away? What is the strength of this Vikings team? Last year, I could have said it's defense, but I really don't know what that is. Well, yeah, I mean, this team is definitely, as I put it in today's article, a shell of their there's 2017 selves. Um, that team was defined by a top two defense and a pretty efficient offense. And it's shocking to see the defense the way it is. Part of it, I, I do think, is some injury questions, but... You know, the Vikings had to deal with injuries last year. Every team does, and, and they, they withstood it. But, yeah, this is a team that was just absolutely torched by the Rams' offense in a way that I didn't – like, I know the Rams are capable of making a lot of teams look like that, but I didn't think the Vikings were one of them. Um, Same kind of thing with – I mean, and, and then, yeah, you throw in the Bills game there, you throw in the Packers game, the tie game there, kind of could have gone either way, I think – I think the 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 Packer or the Vikings were actually lucky to tie that game. Um, kind of got a uh, a fortunate call on uh, our boy in, in Green Bay, but I don't know. I I do think this team is starting to turn it around. We saw them hold Drew Brees to like a hundred and some passing yards last week. Um, they were in control of that game until a couple of crazy turnovers happened and they lost control. Um, they've won three of their past four, including that Eagles game. So I think they're starting to rate the shit, but there's still a ton of questions about this team. Absolutely a ton of questions. Well, I mean, let's talk about that offense for a second, too, because like, yeah, they don't have Stefan Diggs right now. And that was, I think, like Diggs is Diggs was huge. 
and he's well, okay. missing practice right now. Yes, right. He's he's played in all their games, but it looks like he might miss this yeah. week. No, that's that's what I meant. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not getting it. But I think the question about their offense right now is like, this is their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, that they really went all out for, and um, like you know, I mean, Adam Thielen's kind of working for them a little bit. But a little bit? Whoa, whoa. I, I guess. You're understating. The dude has had 100 yards every game. Here's here's the thing that I think that's going on with the offense, and it's something that was kind of puzzling last year because they didn't have good personnel along the offensive line, right? But somehow they made it all work. This year, that's not happening. Their run game is atrocious, and maybe that has something to do with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, with not having uh, Dalvin Cook. Play? not having Dalvin cook for most of the year. Um, maybe it's the loss of Pat Shermer. Maybe it's Pat Shermer going off to the giants and, and now the line, the, the Vikings, obviously they have a pretty good mind in there with a uh, John DeFilippo as a new offensive coordinator, but it certainly isn't the same as, as it was last year because you know, they're, they're not running the ball particularly well at all. And, and I believe, uh, I believe Kirk cousin leads the league in, in fumbles and, and fumbles loss. And that all goes back to your offensive line. And to his credit, Kirk Cousins still playing pretty well. Um, as you mentioned, Anthony Thielen is, is absolutely killing it right now. They have a good set of, of offensive weapons. It's just not all culminating together. And that's, I think it starts and ends with the offensive line. I, I think the other thing too, Jeremy, that we haven't quite touched on is like just the way that injuries have kind of like ravaged this team. Like, I mean, last, last week, their injury report against the saints was, was bad. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it, it really cost them deeply. I mean, they, they were down, um, you know, Xavier Rhodes, probably one of the top corners in the league. Uh, they were down Riley reef. They're starting left tackle who we all know they paid out the wazoo because they thought he was going to be a top tier left tackle, which that just wasn't the case. But I, I think the the difference that you see in these teams is that if you look if you look to last year, like Minnesota was one of the like healthiest teams in the NFL, sure. um, and they were able to kind of like sidestep the injury bug, and that like that that did them like good. I mean, they they dealt with some injuries like along like the offensive line and whatnot last year, but they were, like you said, they were able to kind of piecemeal it this year. It just doesn't seem to be the case. And I'm not sure if it's just Dalvin cook, because I mean, they essentially have like the same run game when, when it comes to their, their running backs with Latavius Murray back there. So um, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of puzzling. And I, I think it also kind of feeds into the idea that a lot of people had about the Vikings team last year and that they overperformed, right? That, you know, no team with that roster could could replicate that kind of performance again. I mean, they lose their starting quarterback in, in the first couple of weeks. They lose their starting running back in the first couple of weeks. And Case Keenum is the one that brings them to the NFC Championship game. Like, Where they no get torched that. by the Eagles. Right. But, like, now you look at Case Keenum and he's, he's what, with Denver right now and, and back to his old self. So you just kind of got the feeling there was – lightning in the bottle with the Vikings, at least on the offensive side of the ball last year. Now it kind of seems like they're regressing to the mean. It, it, it really is. I even hate that turn of phrase, but there definitely is, seems to be like that, whatever magic they had running around out there. Like I'm just more amazed that they got a guy like Kirk cousins. And then it's like, Oh, Hey, it's just not working. Which I mean, shocker. I could have probably told you about that, about Kirk, but I would have imagined he would still be an upgrade for them over case Keenum. <laughs> 
Well, and, so. and yeah, and I think a lot of people thought like, okay, on paper, yes, Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum, but can you expect Kirk Cousins to play any better than Case Keenum did last year? Yeah, I think that's the, the probably not. Yeah, they so, they they totally they totally you know got lightning in a bottle with Keenum last season. So yeah. I I totally agree with that point. And I just want to throw this out there that like last year Minnesota was eleventh in DVOA's uh, average games or uh, adjusted games lost metric. Mm-hmm. Um, they only lost uh, roughly forty seven point forty seven point seven games lost due to injury. Um, and that was the 11th best mark in the NFL. So I, I, I imagine like, I imagine that's much better this season, or much I worse, like I should say. Half of those could probably just be contributed to to uh, Sam Bradford and, and uh, Dalvin Cook. Oh yeah, totally. All right. Um, well, then is pretty much is this still the best team? Is this is this the best team in the NFC North, or is that someone else? Because they were I think last it is. year, but. You, you you still think it is? I think it is because, I mean, some of these players are, are going to get healthy. Like Xavier Rhodes looks like he's trending towards probably playing. Stephon Diggs hasn't missed time. And, he, I mean, he said that he absolutely expects to play this week. You know, the guys that seem like they might still miss, maybe Riley Reef, but he was at least, like, practicing, like, in a limited capacity today. But, I mean, they might miss out on, out on Anthony Barr, who hasn't been playing so hot to begin with. But this team is going to get healthier. I think that, I mean, the, the further, the deeper they get into the season, I think that the only, the more time that you have Kirk cousins to get comfortable in an offense that he wasn't in last season with receivers that, you know, he hasn't played with a whole lot, but I mean, already like Adam Thielen, like might be like, I don't know, one of the top five receivers in the NFL. I don't even think that's crazy to say like his route running is incredible. Like that's something that, is going to absolutely be on display this Sunday. So, I mean, their offense could be better. Their defense can get healthier. Like they lost a lot of time with like Everson Griffin dealing with like, you know, mental health issues and, 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 and what he had going on there. So uh, I, I think when they get healthy and I think that they're going to get healthy because they haven't had any like catastrophic injuries, like Dalvin cook, like could potentially even play this week. Um, but I think when they get healthy, like they're the best team. And I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. All right. Well, on that note, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk about, again, without a, without a Vikings, <laughs> without a Vikings friend here, this makes this podcast difficult. And I know that we are working behind the scenes to make things work. So we're, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Lions now in the post-Golden Tate era and talk about what they need to do to win this game. We're going to focus squarely on the Lions here from here on out. First Bite returns after this break. First Bite is back on the air, brought to you by Pride of Detroit. There is a chance in both these games, both both these teams are looking to bounce back. You know, the, the Vikings take the huge outs, the Saints, the Lions get just handled around by the Dolphins. Now you're on the, the, the Lions, of course, now on the road in Minnesota. And they've had success there. But at the same time, like, let's let's talk about what these Lions are going to do. First off, do you, Golden Tate was this team's receiving yards leader. So, like, I don't do, do you think Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones just slot in and just take over what right where they left off? 
Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's hard to say. It's the thing I'm absolutely most curious about this team the rest of the way, because as you guys probably sensed in the last emergency podcast that we had, uh, I'm not too thrilled about the outlook of this offense without Golden Tate. Um, the question is, do they go more two wide receiver looks and, and two running back looks um, so that they kind of focus a little more on the running game and then kind of have the, the deep threat in there with both Galladay and Jones? Or does TJ Jones step in and essentially run the exact same offense just with TJ Jones instead of Golden Tate? Now, I like TJ Jones. I think he's a great replacement option. I think he's perfect for what the Lions have needed. Uh, over the past three or four years, because when he's come in, as Glover Quinn said this week, you know, when he's been on the field, he's made big plays. Um, look at his track record. And and it's true. Uh, he made a big play against the Dolphins this year. So I don't know what the game plan is, honestly, and, and it might differ week to week. Uh, that's what we like to say with Matt Patricia, and I, I believe he said those exact words. You know, we're not necessarily changing who we are uh, based on losing Golden Tate, we're changing who we are based on the defense that we're playing that week. So I don't know what we're going to see in this Vikings game. Um, obviously, they have a couple of talented cornerbacks in Xavier Rhodes and, and Trey Waynes um, and, and really good safety play as well. So it's not going to be easy no matter what they decide to do. And, uh, man, I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of formulas in which this passing offense is going to have a good day because they've always struggled against the Vikings. They very rarely score more than 20 points against this team, and I, I don't see how it happens now with, without one of their bigger weapons. What do you think, Ryan? I mean, the last point that Jeremy brought up I think is totally valid. Like This Lions team has, just like in recent memory, really struggled to put up points against this Vikings defense, but... At the same time, this Vikings defense is one that's banged up, and I think it kind of depends on what type of what type of personnel they have out there on the field. I, for one, am sitting in the camp of, and I don't really like this turn of phrase, but like cautiously optimistic. Like I think that the Lions, you're going to see a different team out there. So here's here's what I think ha- they have going for their advantage. I know that they're missing golden Tate, obviously. And he was such a huge cog in their offensive machine, but at the same time, you know, now the Vikings have to prepare for an offense. That's going to look drastically different. Maybe. Whether, what, whether, whether the, whether or not the lions can, can put it all together um, within a week. I don't know. Um, but I, I tend to think that their offense is going to operate a little bit differently in terms of, what they're going to try to do. I think that they're going to try to run the ball a, a little bit more than maybe they, they have in, um, in the past against the Vikings, obviously. And I think that the other thing is that the lions, I think potentially might go with like some more two wide receiver sets, because I don't know if TJ Jones is totally ready to step in and get golden Tate, you know, golden tapes, uh, you know, share of the snaps or if it's a split between, you know, him and, and Brandon Powell getting some looks too. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think at the end of the day, like I think that the lions have some things going in their, in their advantage. I also see some things that they're going to struggle with on Sunday. At the end of the day, the lions are going to hang 35 on the Vikings. And that's, Oh my God, you are insane. Jesus. You are getting, I think, I think this game does hang hinge upon the offense though, because I mean, the defense, the defense is back to being pretty, pretty. Ugh, eh, it's the sound I want to make to describe the Lions defense. But at the same time, like, I don't think Latavius Murray 
is going to run all over this team. Granted, if <laughs> there's a game where that happens, it could be here. But I mean, where like you know, this this is kind of a bounce back, I think, for the run defense for the Lions. Like you're not you're not fighting anything really bad. I know the Seahawks run game wasn't wasn't um the greatest, but between the offensive line for the Vikings and Latavius Murray, I I think I think they'll be able to hold them on the ground. What do you think? I, I agree with you, actually. I think this is a pretty this is as good of a matchup as the Lions are going to get in terms of their run defense. Um, I mean, the, the, the also thing you, you need to talk about here is, is snacks, right? Now he has a full week of practice under his belt. Um, probably going to get the start from the get go, I imagine, in this game. Whereas the Lions really kind of. He, I think he only played four snaps in the first quarter last last week. I think you see snacks from the get go this week, which uh, which yeah, I don't think this Vikings team can run the ball very well. And and I think and, he'll be important. He'll be important too because I don't think this backfield though. Like if if there's any point where this play, team's going to get beat, I think it's going to be in the backfield. We've talked about this before, haven't we, Jeremy? Like Darius Slay has kind of oh, not really been playing too well as of late. I am. Absolutely terrified by the matchup in terms of the Lions secondary yeah. versus the, the Vikings receiver. <laughs> Maybe Adam Diggs Thielen, might play. If Diggs plays, that means that he's probably going to draw Darius Slay. And who the hell do you put on Thielen then? Yeah. I have no idea, <laughs> but I'm not liking whoever it is. We saw this this team last week. They were in good positions to make plays. They obviously didn't make plays. I'd like to think that maybe they just make plays the next game, but this has become a recurring theme with, with these guys, especially like a guy like Nevin Lawson, who still doesn't have his inter- first interception of his career. Um, yeah. I don't have any faith in, in the line secondary being able to cover, to cover these Vikings receivers right now. And listen, you, you can put all this you want on Kirk cousins, the Vikings offensive struggles. I don't think that that's, the case here where the Vikings are weak is that offensive line and the lines just so happen to not have a, a pass rushing threat on their team. That's healthy. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully snacks will be the one so they can get home and don't won't have to worry about that backfield. But well, that'd be chance. nice, but snacks is yeah. not really the pass rushing type. He's he's, he did get his, his, I was going to say, how you sack. mean <laughs> he got a sack I'm, last week. Yeah. yeah. Six and a half career sacks. You think he's just he's he's just now yes. blooming into a pass rusher now at this point in his yes. career? Yes. <laughs> yes, he's turning a new leaf. Yes. <laughs> uh but yeah, I don't know. It's just I look at that passing matchup and it's a nightmare to me. Because just like I said, because the Lions can't rush the passer, which is where the Vikings are weak, and they can't defend <laughs> receivers, and the Vikings just so happen to have maybe the best duo in the league. All right, uh, Ryan, not to take away from my shtick on the site, but I'm pulling up the Vegas lines for this. Right now, Minnesota is a five-point favorite, and the and the total is set at 49. What are your thoughts on those? Give me the Lions. I'll take the points. And give me, give me the over because the Lions are hanging 35. <laughs> I was going to say, you better take the over after saying that. Well, maybe so- I'm thinking they're going to shut them out because Snacks Harrison – like he's just found maybe his new pass rushing skill set. It's like the left Twix finding the right Twix. You know, all this time he's been a run defender. You're literally eating a Twix right now, aren't you? No, I'm literally eating eating Jimmy John. So I'm going to mute my mic again. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> okay, well, no, no, no. I want to ask you, like, you say the Lions what? are going to hang 30 on the Vikings. Is there any seriousness to that? And if so, where is it coming from? You know what? I, I, I'm I kind of with him because I kind of see this turning into a shootout. I, I could see this turning insane. into insane. Why? 
Because if you look at the series history, the Lions literally never scored 20 against the Vikings. Like, okay, they did last time they played, but it was 30 to 23 in a weird game. Before that, the Lions won oh. with 14 points. Then they lost with 16. I'm lost sorry. Lost with this... 16. Lost with nine. Or, yeah, lost I... with 19. Lost with 16. I... I'm sorry, is this the 2017 Lions playing the 2017 Vikings? This Vikings defense is no different than it's been in the past three years. It is brutal. It's going to destroy this team. I'm sorry. I don't see a way the Lions score more than two touchdowns in this game. I mean, Tell me I'm wrong. I, I, I think you might be a little bit wrong from the standpoint that the Lions couldn't protect Matthew Stafford a lick last season, and they're doing a pretty good job of it this year. Okay, that's a fair so, point. So, I mean, I, I think... I think with the Lions, TJ Lang. Yeah, did I say Jones? I did. TJ Lang. I would really not like it if TJ Jones lined up at right guard. That would be problematic. (laughs) Um, He should be playing. They called the Swiss Army knife this week, so maybe that's part of it. That's oh, that's ridiculous. Um, (laughs) But so yeah, no, I, I truly think that you know with the Lions, the way that they've been been able to protect Stafford, I think that that is definitely a. Uh, that's a notch in their belt that they can take against this Vikings defense that we've talked about a little bit banged up. You know, they might get healthy, but at the same time, they're, they're on their way trekking back to getting healthy. You know, I, sure. there I, is, there ahead. is some, I, I just want to answer your question. Like there is a little bit of facetiousness in what I'm saying with like the lions hanging 35. I'm saying that because I want to believe in a lion's <laughs> offense that can survive past golden Tate. And also because I kind of want, to them to throw it in your face but go ahead well now i want now i want the poster from from x files the lions logo on it (laughs) i want to believe i guess my big question and it's a thing that i don't know because i don't know how much to believe in the lions here is will they be able to run the ball in this game because obviously we saw and we've seen a couple of really good performances by the lions running offenses here and than we saw last week and they were completely shut down by what I think is just kind of a mediocre Seahawks defense. Um, they haven't been great at stopping the run all year. They obviously got KJ right back in that game. And I think that that made a big difference, but I mean, 248 yards in one week, 34 yards the next, what, what do you make of this Lions running game and against a pretty good, you know, 10th and DVOA Vikings run defense? Is there is there a realistic shot? Carry on Johnson kind of writes the ship this week. Mm, I, I I still don't have faith, and I know he broke the records and everything, but I still think this run game has a long way to go, and it's a lot to put on the shoulders of a rookie. Uh, I think I, I think I may be willing to concede this point, kind of like you're willing to concede the point that the Lions actually have a healthy offensive line versus what they had last year. So, I, do I think that? Do I think that it's going to be as bad as it was last week? I don't. Like, I think that carry is going to have a little bit of a bounce back game because I think what the Lions will be able to do this week is it looks like Theo Riddick is definitely trending in the direction to play this week. Yeah. Whether or not what kind of role he's going to take on, whether he becomes slot receiver, whether they go dual back, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, I mean, I think that the Lions could, you know, put together like a 4.0, 4.1 yards per carry get it out of that backfield. And I think and that I, I think I think that would be great. I think that would be a boon for the passing offense. To to be clear, I'm I'm asking the question because I don't know. I, I'm not saying like this Vikings defense is absolutely going to shut down the Lions running game. I don't know. They're they're pretty good at it. 
but I'm I'm of the belief that this run game in, in Detroit is pretty good. And they did have a down week, and I'm not sure what yet to to attribute that to. But they've put up some decent performances against some at least okay run defenses, like the Cowboys this year are allowing just 96 yards rushing and 3.6 a carry. The Lions basically hit that 96 yards and ran for 4.8 a carry. They've ran over 4.8 a carry in in four out of seven games so far. So I I just don't know what to expect because it has kind of been in an up-and-down performance all year. And, uh, and and like you said, this, this is a beat-up Vikings defense. I think they're probably going to be without Anthony Barr. Their linebacker play in general hasn't been great this year. I think uh, uh, Ken, not Kendricks. What's his name? Richard. No, no. It is Kendricks. Their middle linebacker is, is one of the, the lower-rated um, linebackers in, in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm very curious of how – I mean – like I said, I'm curious how this offense is going to look in general, but specifically that run defense or run offense. I'm I'm curious as to well, see if they're they're going to find any success. Let me let me throw a couple of quick things at you because I know we're running short on time here. But the the Vikings, when it comes to what they're able to, you know, hold opposing teams to, like I mean, the they held the 49ers in check pretty well on the ground. Um, Green Bay, they limited them to both like under four yard or under. Um, under 100 yards rushing, but then they gave up 128 yards on the ground to the Bills. Right. Only 100 yards to the Rams, which I think would have to be considered a success with all things considered, but they threw the Rams through for 456. Right. <laughs> but then the Eagles for 81, the Cardinals for 60, the Jets for 71. That's a nice little stretch, but like the Eagles run game isn't impressive. Like the Cardinals running game is a disaster this year because their team's a tire fire. Yep. This has nothing to do with David Johnson, goddammit. And sure. And I mean the Jets running game, meh, at best. Like, so I don't know. I mean, had they gone up against the best teams that are well equipped to run the ball? From from what we've seen, like the Rams and the Saints were able to both break the century mark, and then they the Bills game, I think, is such a freaking outlier, you have to just like let it go. Yeah. But um yeah, I I, I don't know. Let, let, let's see what a like a, a average to maybe above average running game that the Lions can bring to town does against a, mm, I'm a, not gonna a call Vikings team. Average. I'm not going to call it above average, though, is my problem. Well, it's because you're average and adequate. 13th in DVOA. Cool. Well, by that, I mean, by DVOA right now, the Bears are like buying away the best team in the NFC North. Maybe they are, Chris. Maybe they they could be. That's a horrifying reality. We're not going to handle <laughs> that until we get to have Robert Siglinski on first bite. And with that, we are done for our. We're not going to do our predictions. The one thing we think we know. Go ahead. Why, what do you think you think you know about this game? I think I think I know. That neither team is going to score over 20 points in this game. Ryan, what do you think you know about this? If you can put down your Jimmy John's wrap. What what number did you get, by the way? I got a beach club. Oh, fun. Yeah, this is super professional. I know we're on Spotify. I'm breaking my one rule. <laughs> yep. Okay. What do you think so, you know? I think I know that Adam Thielen is going to have 200 yards receiving. <laughs> Jesus no, Christ. he's going to break Calvin Johnson's record. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to happen for sure. He's here for Oh, God. If Nevin Lawson breaks up a pass, if he defends a pass this week, I will eat a tweet. You can't eat those. I can eat whatever I want, including this beach club. 
With that, first bite is done. Thank you all for tuning in. Apologize for not having a guest this week. Next week, we might have an old guest, an old favorite coming in. But for now, the Lions look to Minnesota. Have fun on Sunday, everyone. Listen to the POD cast when it comes out the next week. And thanks for putting up with us through this week as we have put out now three podcasts in a week. Go check them out. Go listen to our big POD cast we, with, we did with Mansoor Shaheen. Go listen to the emergency one we did about the Golden Tate trade with Kyle Yost. And listen to this again several times. Download it again. Help us out. Do what you, do what you got to do. Until then, we'll see you star side. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>